Welcome to Charting Change in Legal. I'm Ari Kaplan, an analyst that covers the legal industry, and I'm here with my friend Caroline Hill, editor in chief of Legal IT Insider. <laughs> An extraordinary co-host. Caroline, it's wonderful to be here today. I'm excited about our conversation about litigation analytics. Are you making me laugh too much? Everyone's going to what's going to be able to take this Occupational hazard. So we're talking this... about litigation. We're talking about all kinds of different developments in the litigation space, whether it be around new analytics, um, technology, or there's been some really interesting funding rounds. So we thought that there's been quite a few developments in the litigation space more generally. So it seems like quite topical to have a conversation about it. I, I agree. I would like to initially call out uh, my old friend and colleague Ross Guberman of Law Catch and Brief Catch for their recent funding round of $3.5 million. That's a a remarkable example of, yeah. well, personal fortitude of Ross having developed this and having had such an extraordinary career, but also the investment in you know, you leveraging AI and technology for uh, creating documents and for doing it more effectively and efficiently in very high stakes uh, cases. And I think we're seeing real trends in this area where people are recognizing how important these matters are and how critical technology in every possible area uh, is for them. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting. David Lack called it the, his deal of the week. I don't see so you know Ross well, hey? You've obviously been charting his, his progress for a while. Uh, yeah, I'm lucky to know Ross well, and I, I feel like I know David pretty well. And so it wasn't surprised. And I think Ross and David, it wasn't surprising that David, uh, you know, rightfully called it out as an important deal of the week. And I'm also, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a paying subscriber to David Lack's newsletter. I think it's worthy of that. I am also a paying subscriber to Briefcatch, neither of which is the result of my friendship with those people. You know, it's the result of good quality work product. <laughs> so there it is. So, the, that, I like that. That's full disclosure. Yeah, right? yeah full disclosure. And, right. and my disclosure is I don't I don't actually I didn't know or wasn't as familiar with Briefcatch um, as you or Ross, although we've made contact since. But um, I wrote about it in brief in the orange rag. But um and plan to have more more conversations so and hopefully maybe meet ross at ilta um which is definitely but well i mean you know i don't know if it's a if it's an under the radar sort of technology but you're talking about a tool that is used by a, a, an incredible number of the most influential lawyers in the country as well as members of the united states supreme you know justices on the united states supreme court many of the of the federal circuits many of this i mean like it's it's actually the the breadth of the tool is pretty incredible and i don't want to go too far into it obviously i'm i'm friends with the founder but i i i, I these are these are all facts you get, right you get yeah you that's right i'm not i'm not in any way saying anything that isn't fully disclosed and available on their website there these are total facts uh yeah, the yeah. fact that the fact that it has made that kind of progress as a testament to the tool but there these are facts i'm not i'm not in any way biased so it's, it's great to see um 
these sort of newer um, companies starting to make real progress. So the, the other one that I've been following with interest is Trellis. So another mm. one that is in the um, state court research and analytics platform. And they just announced, they, it's not a funding, but it's a new product. There's been tons of new products over the last month, which is really cool to see. But um, so they've launched this um, law firm intelligence product, which is a really, in, it's kind of a different spin on, um, on the analytics obviously you've had for a while particularly in the US although we do have it's evolving in the UK um, analytics that look at judges decisions and you know how to proceed and all but this new product from Trellis looks at um, is about the law firm itself so it looks at um, it allows you to look at a law firm's performance so that they can assess themselves internally um, so whether so and look at their business and their growth and um, and also what's quite interesting, and I suppose that could be said for all of these types of analytics offerings, actually, um, is that outside counsel could potentially use it to select their law firms based on based on sort of this performance analysis, um, which I know with these with these analytics offerings, I always wonder whether it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling thing. Right. Because if you start to go, if a certain law firm comes up as really successful for x and then everyone goes to them for x then that means that they're you know so i just find it and so, but it's an it's a really interesting area and trying to seem to be doing some you know they've, they've been obviously around for a little while now but i just thought this was quite interesting so not to get too meta in terms of talking about a podcast in a podcast but i just interviewed <laughs> nicole clark the ceo of trellis and yeah. a partner a jeff jacobson at figury drinker and we were not necessarily discussing the the use of that particular tool at that firm, to be clear. Really, what we were discussing is this trend, as you and I are talking about, of figuring out how really talented, successful uh, litigators and leaders at firms like Jeff can and are taking advantage just generally of data, generally of technology. And then the conversation about, well, when you can incorporate the different elements of state court decisions. How does that affect your strategy in a class action matter? How does that affect your strategy in terms of settlement, in terms of just you know building your team, in terms of collaborating with others? It was a really fascinating conversation. It's it's at reinventingprofessionals.com, but don't stop listening to this to go to that, even though that is pretty much an amazing podcast and gets just <laughs> anyway. The point is, I did just. So uh, with with my finger on the pulse, I did just have this conversation a couple of days ago, and it was really interesting. I mean, what they've done, what they've done is fascinating. In fact, I asked and I'm, I'm so curious that we're, you know, and in talking about this, you know, I also have been spending a lot of time with the folks at Unicorp, which is also involved in this. They happen to be the August sponsor of the virtual lunch. And so what's interesting about that is that they're focus is also on their APIs, like bringing data in to collectively getting this data. I mean, I have asked in these conversations, what changed? Like at some point, litigation data became really valuable and accessible. And it was, you know, 10 years ago, there was a some point that shifted, a tipping point of getting this data and using this data. And we are kind of in this moment now where firms realize not only this kind of data, all kinds of data are, are incredibly valuable, that it creates a competitive advantage, that we can develop strategy more effectively. 
And so we're actually having a series talking to chief marketing and business development officers at large firms all month. Today, we're talking to Adam Severson at Baker Donaldson and then others over the course of the month. So it's it's not just litigation. It's more like where can you gain an advantage from from data? Yeah, I wonder whether it's going to become an expectation among clients, you know, like it's sort of it's not yet but by any means table stakes right this this sector it's but it's you know it's been around for a while now I, 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 the, the states definitely lead the way right you've had with Lex Machina and then obviously that was acquired by Lexus and um, and that was quite a while ago now wasn't it that was a good few years and um, and now you've obviously got a lot more competitors in the space but I do wonder whether it will start to become you know clients are looking have you have you have you, what did they say do you, do you think that that would be an expectation now that they'll be able to provide analytics into their own performance for example or, or or demonstrate that they can make really educated decisions in terms of right so we're going to go for this court with this judge because they can do that right well you referenced lex machina which is a great example you know in those early years mm. the data wasn't that easy to get and so all yeah. of a sudden you're seeing here 10 years later or you know let's call it the in the within the last decade or so courts are much more advanced they're making certain kinds of rulings that weren't necessarily available or draft order like there's much more data much more documentation that's available to the public and now that firms can kind of use it and create assessments and make predictions if i am a litigant and my firm can make much more effective and accurate predictions and has the talent and the history based on the data to achieve success. It's a great, it's a great marketing uh, point for the firm, and I think that that's a really. And now, if I'm a you know a tool that has the ability to bring in that data and mm-hmm. maybe allow you to adjust it with a dashboard and make decisions pooling lots of kinds of data. I think that you're just seeing a different way of practicing law and then forget about, and I don't mean to now bring up generative AI, but forget about the fact that if you in your firm had kind of this enclosed set of data, so you avoid the hallucination problem and that Mm -hmm. it relies on some of the, you know, the very specific granular information that that you vetted, all of a sudden you create a really powerful set of tools that a firm can use. Do you know it's funny because, in the UK, the, the there was a lack of case law available, right? So so it was all kind of proprietary. It was your Thompson Reuters, your Lexus, um, and but now, I mean that's still that still is the case. Um, but then it's opening up a lot more. So I was still speaking to a company called Intellex, which is based in Singapore. Um, they've been doing really well at promoting their new Gen AI tool, Scott. And I was at, I gave I chaired a a conference sort of like a mini online conference for a UK law firm and and Intellects was one of the companies presenting as well as Microsoft Copilot which was pretty cool for them um but they were saying that now the, there's a there's so the national archives have taken over the whole of the supreme court court of appeal privy council cases um so they that so the case law is is opening up more because obviously without that you can't you know that you can't even begin doing analytics and and what's quite interesting um and this is really interesting in the gen ai space obviously thompson reuters and lexus are keeping you know they want to they're building their own tools and they're not going to be opening up their their case law or or, or any of the, any of their legal research data 
to others, including law firms who are building their, their own sort of Gen AI um, ChatGPT type tools where they want to potentially, you know, they want access to as much data as possible. But it's becoming quite a really a, a complex market where there's sort of competition. Um, and you're right, and it, it all boils down to data, right? So you need good data, you need complete data. Otherwise, it's just a toy, right? You can't rely on it. I still find it fascinating that all of these AI tools contain very common names like Scott and you know Celia or Harvey. I was at a conference. I think I mentioned this to you, but when I was at when I was at the Lexpo conference, someone was on stage and said, "You can use Harvey and Scott and Celia, but don't don't be like Steve." Steve is apparently <laughs> a lawyer in New York, and I, and I just thought, wait, I'm super confused here. Wait, so you can have one name, but you can't use another name, and it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where that all shakes out. Uh, but I I totally agree, and I I have to say that this is not new. I think that it's more of just a level of comfort, right? I mean, so law firms especially have the individuals, you know, talented leaders in IT or in e-discovery or knowledge management or innovation who are increasingly familiar with many of these things, right? They're leveraging these tools. The litigators are and, and others who need to harness it more effectively are really starting to gain some interest. But I recently released a report about law firm leadership and asked a bunch of questions to COOs and executive directors that I spoke with. And, you know, 90% said, oh, legal technology helps their firms increase revenue. 90% said, you know, timely, reliable data helps to gain a competitive advantage. And so, you know, the only issue here is that almost a little more than three quarters talked about this idea that the skills necessary for law firm leaders have changed. And, and, and as part of that change skill set is this need to embrace data in some way. So it's 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 really interesting in terms of a shift because you're seeing all these other constituencies within firms having the skill, they're data scientists, right? And so now what you're seeing is this being pushed into the leadership saying, look, we all have to be as talented as possible, uh, you know, in this particular area. Yeah. I mean, I think I mean slightly separate point actually, but um I think that you need it's all very well to talk about I was having a conversation about leadership and, and the need to really sort of start to acknowledge and take all of this on board. But we, and we were saying that, you know, the, mo the most success seems to come with hybrid roles. I know this is sort of a people observation yeah. rather than a data, but that, that for you still need that kind of translator, that there's there's so much, um, you know, there's still a great divide, right? There's still a great divide between the people that need to understand and they, they need to manage and the people that are actually the techies and that actually the best thing is to have that hybrid role, people that can speak both languages, because it's really, it's quite hard. These are, you know, the pace of change right now, even for, so I write about this every single day and some of my um, press colleagues and I were, of which you are obviously one already, like not that you consider yourself press. No, sure. <laughs> but no, we were we were talking about how, it's really hard to keep on top of all of this, this you know, the change and, and um, you know, so so actually for the for the leadership, then I think that it's it must be quite overwhelming, but it's exciting, right? And 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 you're right, you know, that there's firms seem to be, um, 
they do seem to understand the need for good data now. Like at one point, everybody was just slapping technology <laughs> everywhere, like buying technology without understanding that technology doesn't mean anything if your data is rubbish, right? I think that there's an evolution in the market where people do understand now. They, they, and even if there's a lot of work still to do um, to make to make sense of, of of their data, but I think that there's a much greater understanding. Um, it seems like there's a two-part process. So I, as a productivity tactic, actually track my time, right? I don't bill time to anybody, but I use, I use a free tool called Toggle, which I really like, so I'm happy to mention it, T-O-G-G-L. And it tracks my time. So our discussion here, I'm, you know, have a little tracker and it's like, oh, I'm on the phone with Caroline for, and we're having this discussion. And so I have all of this data about how I spend my time, but I don't really spend the time evaluating. And I do this particularly because I want to know how much time I'm spending on particular matters to understand, did I, was that a good use of my time? Was that valuable? Did that, where, where did that take me? What was the result? And so you're seeing a lot of organizations in this, in this stage here of, okay, we're collecting all of this. Maybe we have an API, we're bringing things in. We have a dashboard. I have to now spend the time going through the dashboard and making mm -hmm. judgments based on the dashboard and deciding controversial items like profitability, for example, or how busy some of our individuals are, or whether somebody is more productive in the office or at home. You know, these are super lately very controversial topics in firms. And obviously for obvious reasons, they have a tremendous impact. And I wonder when we have this conversation a few months from now, you know, we have the Elder Conference coming up and I bet you there'll be a lot of conversations about that. I just get the sense that we're in this transitional period. So we recognize that there's got to be this combination of talent and technology. Technology is not going to solve all the problems, that you can have as much data as you want. But if no one looks at the data or you don't have a good way to figure out how to manage the data, it's not going to really be helpful, notwithstanding the fact that everyone says it's great. And yeah. I think it's, it's – I happen to be speaking on a panel at ILTA called – um, that discusses change fatigue. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me that you were talking to your journalist colleagues, of which I may or may not be one of them, right? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And and that the law firm leaders are all facing mm -hmm. the same feeling, like, wow, this is coming at me so fast. Yeah. I, I'm not really sure how I can keep track of it. And also, I'm kind of exhausted from how fast it's coming. And I think that's a, I that's that's a real challenge. Have to, it's interesting. There's so so many people I'm speaking to right now where they acknowledge that things are not perfect um and, and you know maybe before we finish up but just finish off on one more litigation topic but because we we, <laughs> we sort of gone to the gen we ai around like a like a pinball we can't help ourselves because gen ai is so compelling yeah. but they they are their risk profile is much lower than it than it would have been previously where because they're going do you know what we we and whether this is right or wrong, we've had conversations about this, and I think it needs yet to be really decided. To be perfectly honest with you, but they've said, right, we need to be we need to be doing this stuff. We need to be doing it because otherwise we're going to get left behind, which is which is just fascinating, you know. And, and someone said to me, um, I interviewed Dentons about their new chat, private chat GPT, um, and which is great, which they're saying is like a potential rival for Microsoft Copilot and they, they were like well it's not Fort Knox but then nor are any of our other cloud platforms so you know anyway it's just fascinating but just lastly before we go big go off I wanted to talk just finish on the litigation theme because we I don't know if people are familiar I want to give them a plug because um we do a lot of work with startups and um um and this company called Aperolto which is 
a Greek word apparently you can say it like if you're from England you go aperito <laughs> but they do um so they're working with we're going to write about a new firm that they're working with which is they're actually based in Canada um, but it's international um and they're doing um uh, they're helping predict the outcome of cases, which I I know this isn't new, but I, everything that I've seen previously in terms of sort of um, what do you call it? What's this? What's I've forgotten what how you term? But no, everything everything that you, I've seen in this sector has been quite complex, right? Whereas apparently this is really quite straightforward. Um, so they're using decision tree logic. There's a lot of complex technology. It's not AI though. They're quite they're quite keen to stress that it's not AI because they don't want to get on. Um, but it's quite interesting to get, they're using um, subjective Bayesian probabilities. Um, so it's quite complex. They've turned something quite complex into something um, that apparently is quite straightforward and being used to quite good effect. Um, and I don't know, I'm not familiar with too many other offerings that are actually being used extensively. So I just thought it'd be interesting. I thought it was interesting to give that one a shout out as well, because it's in litigation, but in a slightly different space. It's so consistent with this point of you mentioned this not being new, but this being a new version. And I mm. think that is part of this change fatigue concern. It's that, okay, a lot of these things are familiar, but each subtle change creates an entirely new dynamic. It, it, it forces you to make certain changes to your ecosystem or to your infrastructure. And as a result, it's actually quite significant change. And because some of the barriers to entry are getting lower and because you need less money to do certain things, the technology is becoming more accessible because globally you have legal tech conferences in countries all over the world. Things are coming at you in all different directions and you want to stay abreast of it all and be mindful of it. It, it, there's exhaustion there, but it's great to see the progress. And I'm really excited about being at Ilticon because that's yeah. kind of where people get to test and show and discuss and share. And it's a great event. And I'm excited to see you there. And I'm excited to see many of you. Many, I'm, I'm excited to see our four listeners. They will all be there. I guarantee it. And uh, <laughs> 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 I kid because I'm telling the truth. Uh, anyway, <laughs> right. Well, so we should we wrap up there then because I'm really looking forward to anyone listening in um, who wants to meet us for a beer or coffee. Just drop us a line. Um, <laughs> all four. Where? People. Where? Where should they drop you a line? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Caroline at legaltechnology.com. Nice. I <laughs> can also you reach Caroline at legaltechnology.com. <laughs> I'm at Ari at Ari Kaplan advisors.com with an O. Although I will say that my mother-in-law always asks me, Ari, who are the other advisors? And uh, we always have a, a long discussion after all these many years about who the other advisors are. Anyway, Caroline, it's always a pleasure and a privilege and I'm excited to see you. And I appreciate this opportunity. Okay. Thank you. Take care. See you soon.